Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Ambition is a disease. (laughs) How do I know that? I am that. I've lived that. My my first 37, 38 years on this planet has been the epitome of ambition. Welcome to episode number 35. Wow. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> And I told you before I, I was going to fly solo and give discourses on the zeros and the fives. So here we are to talk about ambition. Desires, really. What are your desires? Some people aren't going to understand that ambition is a disease. They may be stuck in their egoic mind. Allow me to try to explain. Try is the key word. When you're ambitious, you're always in the future. You're always looking toward the goal. And I sort of touched on this on episode 25, right? With the anxiety. When you're ambitious, you're looking toward a goal. You're looking toward accomplishing something. But then when you achieve it, The satisfaction isn't what you thought it would be. At the very most, the satisfaction turns into maybe a celebratory dinner or maybe a get-together party. But when you wake up the next morning, you're at zero. Now you got to create another goal. And that's ambition. Always trying to achieve, being an overachiever. Go, go, go. Achieve, achieve, achieve. Reach, reach, reach. Chase, chase, chase. Is the ambitious person happy? Not really. Because they are always trying to achieve something. Why would someone who's very happy and content try to achieve anything? (laughs) Think about that. (laughs) Right? If you're stuck on an island and and you love your existence there, like you're living off you're living off mangoes and coconuts and you got the beach and you're just you love it. then you're not going to think about trying to build a boat and leave that island, are you? Sit on that for a second. I myself, you know, at 16 years old, I went to broadcasting school. I was a senior in high school. I knew that's what I wanted to do, you know. I thought that I could be a personality a professional personality. 
And I learned radio and television. My senior year of high school, I had an internship at a radio station while all my friends had regular jobs at the mall. I had a regular job too, but here I am at a radio station. 17 years old, it's pretty cool, right? Then I go to college, I get a radio show. They immediately put me on the college radio station. And I became K-Dub. And everyone started calling me K-Dub or Dub or K-Dub Assist. And I became known on campus. And it was like my ego was inflating. And a few years later, I started a television show. It was uh, on public access out there. And that was even more. Now I'm walking around campus with a microphone. I'm interviewing people. I'm going to frat parties. I'm meeting women. And I'm the... uh, I'm the Howard Stern of the campus, you know? (laughs) Then I get an internship at MTV, the summer of 2000. And I walked in there with a super ego. I almost was like a veteran at that point. So I couldn't handle being an intern very well. That was a horrible intern. Just horrible. I had to run packages across the... Manhattan, (laughs) across the island. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to run these packages. Plus, I don't know my way around. I don't know how the subway system works. And I find myself in Times Square, passing out demo tapes of my TV show. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Just so ambitious. Chasing women. When I turned 21, I'd walk into the bars with my MTV badge around my neck. Like, oh, this will help me meet women. (laughs) You know? When I graduated college, I ended up on the radio. Hot 93.7 had just launched here in Hartford. And boom! Now K-Dub was professional, making money and being heard by close to a million people, listenership. And I became what I thought was somebody in my state, right? And just to shorten the story, I spent the next 12 years doing concerts, hosting rap battles, working the clubs in my early days, making money, chasing women, um, advancing my radio show. When the blogs started coming out, we started getting on all the blogs and I started interviewing celebrities and uh, I, uh, quite honestly, I out-hustled my coworkers and I caught a lot of heat for that. I ended up in my program director's office a lot of times because I was always stepping on toes. Why? Because I was ambitious. I was more ambitious than everyone else around me. It was like an illness, man. And it never surmounted to anything. (laughs) All that work really didn't mean much. It didn't get me anywhere. And this, this isn't you know, sour grapes. I'm just telling you my truth. 
And after having awakenings, I, I can retrospect it and I see it. When I left radio and I started a career as a health professional, that ambition carried over. It carried right over. And again, I was out hustling my coworkers or my colleagues. I was doing videos and I was putting out webinars and I was doing public speaking all over the state. And, you know, on social media, I looked like a a health rock star, you know? It's like I carried over what I had learned from the entertainment business over to the health business. Come to find out, now, in my 40s, just entering my 40s, I can look back and say, wow, it was the same thing. It was the popularity game. No matter how you look at it, you're playing a popularity game. Because when you become popular, you become in demand. And when you become in demand, you make money. It's an endless cycle. It's a game. And it's very unhealthy. Ambition keeps you in that game. It keeps you going. It keeps you trying to achieve. If you work for a corporation, you want more. You want to climb the ladder or are in the entertainment business, same sort of thing. In the health business, you're trying to gain more clients. It's this kind of rat race of chasing carrots. Always chasing carrots. You're really chasing nothing. I envy the lazy person. The lazy person who doesn't feel the need to go achieve anything. They have their regular job and their regular habits and hobbies and they just like to sit there and take a nap <laughs> and watch a little TV and they're just they just don't care. <laughs> you know, my one of my best friends and old college roommates is like that. I was the ambitious one and he was the you know, the lazy and relaxed one. And looking back, I, I sort of envy it. Like, I want to be lazy, right? Why not? When you are ambitious and you are chasing those desires, you end up putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And people that are not ambitious, they don't understand that pressure. But it's a pressure that us ambitious people, us overachievers, we put it on our own shoulders. We want to achieve. Do you know how bad Michael Jordan wanted to win that championship? <laughs> he ended up with six of them. But that first one was one heck of a chase. They said he couldn't win the big one. He was the man for seven years before he won the championship, right? I think it was seven years. Just using him as an example. And then what? You win more, you win more, you win more. Then what? Then he retires as the greatest athlete, never mind basketball player, of all time. The most accomplished. And then what? Well, he's got to go into business and become a billionaire. <laughs> 
Well, he owns a team. He's got his own shoes. He's got everything you could think of. He's, he was the first billionaire athlete. Jay-Z, the first billionaire rapper. Just keeps going and going and achieving and achieving and achieving. And you can go on and on. Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, who admitted it was all nonsense on his deathbed. And it is. It's all nonsense. Interesting story. There was a Lion King walking through the jungle. And one day, the, a little monkey was walking by. And the monkey was sad. And the lion said, Mr. Monkey, what is wrong? And the little monkey says, oh, Lion King, I'm so distraught because I'm in love. I'm in love with the beautiful giraffe. But nobody will let us marry because of the racial divide. It would cause heat. And the Lion King says to the little monkey, oh, you have my blessing. I want you to be happy. Go marry your beautiful giraffe that you're in love with. <laughs> so he does. A month later, the Lion King runs, runs back into the little monkey. And the little monkey, he, he lost weight. He's having trouble walking. He looks like he's in despair. He's exhausted. And the Lion King says, little monkey, what is wrong? I thought you were in love with the giraffe. Things aren't going well. And the little monkey says, oh, Lion King. I'm exhausted. It's exhausting being married to this beautiful giraffe. I have to run all the way up for a kiss. I got to run all the way down the screw. I got to run all the way up for a kiss. I got to run all the way down the screw. And back and forth, I'm exhausted, Lion King. <laughs> I love it. The moral of the story is be careful what you wish for. Ambition will exhaust you. You'll be like this monkey. You wanted something, you got it, and now you're completely exhausted. And when you become this exhausted and this burnt out, we did a whole episode on burnout, right, on this podcast. Once you reach that, it's not a good place. It's a low quality of life. High quality of life is relaxation. I think it's good in you know in your twenties to to follow whatever path you're on. Go ahead and be ambitious or be lazy, whatever it is. But once you cross over into your thirties, it's time to start waking up. It's time to start realizing that you're having a human experience on this earth. And the key to life is really relaxation. Because it's in that relaxation that you gain awareness. And awareness is what we're really trying to achieve. And that opens up the birth canal, so to speak, of inner peace and eventually enlightenment. Ambition is causing people a lot of problems. Right? They have an image in their head that they're a businessman or a businesswoman. And they put out a bunch of material on social media. And now other people believe the lie too. And now they got to live up to that. Now they're creating an, an expectation. I'm at the point in my life where I've already achieved 
a lot. My resume's thick. But it doesn't go to the grave with you. You can't really take it with you. It's very similar to material possessions, right? You can't take your beautiful Mercedes to the grave with you. You can't really take your accomplishments with you either. It's going to be erased while you're sitting there on your deathbed. It's going to be like a dream. Just a dream. What matters is the impact that you have on people, leaving the world better than what you found it as. And when I say the world, that's an ambitious term. I really just mean your little lot of land, where you live, your region. It could be your family, could be your neighborhood, could be your town, could be your state. It, you know, it just the people you come across in your 70 to 90 years on this earth. It's the impact that you leave on them. It's not your resume. Your job, your responsibility. I always say you have three responsibilities in this life. Number one is to take care of your physical health. Number two is to take care of your mental health. That's what we're doing on this podcast. And number three is to have a great impact on the people you come across, to leave the world better than what you found it. That's it. Those are your three responsibilities. That's where you put your ambition. And if you put your ambition into those three things, then they wouldn't even be called ambition. It would be called personal development. Personal development. To make sure that your physical vessel is healthy. Your kidneys are working good. Your lungs are working good, right? Your digestive system is, is working well. That's personal development. Your mental health, gaining inner peace, gaining relaxation, that's personal development. I don't look at that as ambition. Ambition is more material. You're trying to be something. You're trying to achieve something. You want your friends and your family to look at you and say, oh, I'm so proud of him. Or look at him, he's doing so well. Or some of you just may want to make other people jealous or envious, right? You know, I'm reminded of back in the day doing therapy. The reason the therapist thought I was an overachiever and so ambitious is because in their eyes, I didn't get the pat on the backs from my parents, and from my close friends. And that made me more ambitious. That's pretty revealing. A lot of you, just like me, you're trying to achieve so that people can be proud of you. Or you're trying to prove something to yourself. You're always trying to overcome the challenge. So you have to create desires, wants. And you want it so bad. There's a motivational speaker out there. I don't want to say any names. But he says something along the lines of, if you want to achieve something, you have to want it as much as you want to breathe. <laughs> I completely disagree with that. And I've said on past episodes, I believe it was episode 25, I, I said these motivational speakers are dangerous. They're motivating you to want to become ambitious. And then ambition is just destroying you. 
just putting you in the misery. You know, even a dog that chases its tail is ambitious. <laughs> right? Right? You ever see a dog chase its tail? And you're just like, oh, silly dog. Higher beings, enlightened beings, higher beings, masters, mystics. You know, they look at you the similar way. Like, look at them chasing his tail. Trying to get that raise. Trying to get that promotion. Trying to get this, trying to get that. Trying to be somebody. Arguably the greatest spiritual master of all time. Gautama the Buddha once said, and I quote, I consider the dignities of kings and lords as a particle of dust that floats in the sunbeam. One of the other great spiritual masters of modern times, Osho, then gave commentary on this Buddha quote. And he says, what he's saying is all political power, all power as such is stupid. Don't rush after it. Don't be ambitious because all ambition collects dust and only dust. If you are not disillusioned by dust, you will not be able to know what truth is. A man obsessed with ambition is not capable of knowing truth at all. Eyes full of ambition never see what is. They only see what they want to see. The ambitious mind is the wrong mind. To be non-ambitious, what does it mean? It means that you are not hankering for the future. That you are not hankering for the next moment. You are not hoping for the next moment. You have abandoned hope. You live in this moment. You don't have any future. The present is all you have. A non-ambitious mind is still. There is nowhere to go. Nothing to hanker after. Then reality is available. For an ambitious mind, reality is not available because reality is available only in the present and the ambitious mind is always somewhere else, always somewhere else. The ambitious mind is never content. Discontentness is its very base. The Buddha says, for what are you desiring? Desiring for kingdoms? You want to become great kings and dignitaries? Again, I consider the dignities of kings and lords as a particle of dust that floats in a sunbeam. So why does he say that floats in a sunbeam? Have you seen sometimes a sunbeam enters the roof, the window? The whole room is dim and dark and just one beam of sun enters into the room. Then you can see dust floating, dust particles floating in it. They shine. They look like diamonds. <laughs> but they are ordinary dust. If the sunbeam were not there, you would not even see them. But in a sunbeam, they look like diamonds. They shine. They become radiant. Buddha is saying when you project an ambition, when the sunbeam of ambition is there, dust particles look very precious. They are not precious in themselves. And he should know. He was born a king, and then he left those palaces. The day his ambition dropped, 
Suddenly, the sunbeam disappeared, and he saw only dust. Mm. It's such a profound quote from Gautama the Buddha and such amazing commentary from Osho. I had to share it with you. It's very difficult to communicate all this stuff to you. Truth is hard to communicate. Very hard. That's why there's so many skeptics, right? The masters and the mystics are always getting tomatoes thrown at them because the programmed person is skeptical. It's hard to understand truth. Very hard. But this is the truth. Just remember... Like there, there's an old saying that life's a bitch and then you die. Oh, my version of that is life is a joke and then you laugh. <laughs> Once you realize that this is all a joke, it's a cosmic joke. Once you realize that, that you're living in sort of a an illusionary state, then you can kind of laugh at it all. Even when something quote-unquote bad happens to you or something challenging happens to you, you can laugh it off. It's all just kind of funny, you know. A few episodes ago with uh, Joe, we were talking about watching the big show, the news and all that stuff and kind of viewing at it as a spectator. Same sort of thing. Just kind of laugh at it. You know? It's a funny, funny existence. You don't have to burn yourself out. You know, if you have an opportunity at your job that is going to better you and your family, okay, sure, go for it. Go for that promotion, whatever it is. Just just know that it's all kind of a game. It's all a joke. I'm not telling you to quit your job and just sit on the couch. Although that would be a better life, I'm sure. <laughs> not everyone is blessed in that way. Afforded the opportunity to have blockers, so to speak. I'm always using a football analogy, right? In order to score touchdowns, you need blockers in front of you so you can navigate your way into the end zone not everyone is as fortunate and of course this comes back to reincarnation and karma and that's maybe a whole other episode and you've heard some of that you know with Ken Fresky in that Akashic Records episode you remember that go back to that episode and link it with this one People are put into positions. They're born into positions so that they can they can work through their stuff. Okay? If someone's a trust fund baby, they're put in a position, a good position, to do some beautiful things. If you're born in the hood to a single mom, and you're on welfare, and you're around violence and drugs, etc., 
you're put in a unfortunate situation where you have to work your way out and 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 use personal development to better yourself in your life and that sets up the next life some people have to work they have to make a certain amount of money to hold down their family and those people usually have a lot of pressure on their shoulders and some people don't look at me right i'm not a family man i have no kids i have no wife that's the way it worked out it's afforded me the opportunity to go deep within myself to take this path and if 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 i wasn't afforded that opportunity then we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. This podcast would not exist whatsoever if I wasn't given that opportunity to wake up, change careers, go down this path, blah, 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 meet the blue antelope in 2012. You can hear that story on uh, episode 20, right? You can piece all this together. It'll start to make sense. And even if you are the family man and you have the job and you have the pressure on your shoulders, you still have this, the opportunity to gain inner peace. It just takes some discipline. It takes practice. That's why it's called a practice. I call it the inner peace practice, IPP. I just want to get you into the house. There's no electricity in the house yet. But at least when you get in the house, when the electricity comes on, you'll be able to witness it, right? When the lights come on. A lot of you are suffering, and a lot of it is because of ambition, which, of course, is fueled by the ego. Just relax. Life is a joke. And then you laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not as serious as you think it is. <sighs> what you're really trying to achieve in this life is one word. Contentment. If you look up the definition of contentment, it's to be happy and satisfied. If you're ambitious and you're always going towards the future to achieve this and achieve that and you achieve one thing and then it turns into another thing and it's more and more and more, I got to get more, you're not content. It's just that simple. In a few episodes, I have Preem Vishrant on the Peace Pod and he's a self-realized guru. And he'll tell you. When he, when he became self-realized, he became content for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Ambition has nothing to do with it. If you were truly content, you would not continuously search for more. You would be fine where you are with what you're doing and completely satisfied with everything. Unshakable. 
This is what Jesus the Christ meant when he referred to the daily bread, right? He wasn't referring to real bread. He's talking about your basic necessities. Some food, some clothes, some shelter, some warmth, some water. That's all you need. If you strive for more, you're just not content. Ambition is a disease. It's an addiction. Something I have suffered with. But now, I feel very content. Now, I'm still achieving, right? I still got to put this podcast out. I still have to book guests and figure out what topics are going to be. So there's some work there, but it feels like a universal work, cosmic work, a charity, if you will, to help. I have the nonprofit organization. There's work there. There's development there. You got to grow it. But it's to help others. But see, this is where the contentment comes in, my friend. Because I can walk away at any time. I can walk away from this podcast. I can walk away from my nonprofit organization at any given time. Because once you become content, once you're happy and satisfied, <laughs> everything else is just a bonus. Do you understand? It's truly a beautiful thing. It's liberation. It's freedom. That's what the theme in this peace pod is all about. Liberation. Liberating yourself. That's freedom, man. In Zen, they refer to the frog. The frog sits on a rock for hours and hours. It just sits there. It's just content. Do you have a dog or a cat? Look at it. Observe it. Your dog, your cat, your pet is always content. As long as you're giving it some food and you're scratching its ear and you play with it once a day or whatever and it's in a warm home, it's content, completely content. You may have heard me say in past episodes, my favorite pastime is to just watch the grass grow. When you can sit there, you know, on your back porch or at a park and just watch the grass grow, watch the birds, listen to the birds, watch the kids playing. It's contentment. Relaxation. Forget go, go, go. Start going no, no, no instead of go, go, go. <laughs> and be careful of ambition. Every time a desire pops up, you got to be self-aware. You got to catch it with your conscious eye and have watchfulness and say, hmm, wait a second. What, what am I going after this for? What's the need? And what inside of me is making me do this? Because your true self, your real self, not your body or your thoughts, your real self just wants to relax. <laughs> right? I hope you've gotten something out of this episode. If you're looking for more information on me, my webinars, my books, my podcasts, 
Sunlight Sunny and the entire children's organization, go to drreese.com. That's doctor spelled out. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.